When I lived in Pauper Spit, I'd just stay in my room for hours and listen to ABBA songs. Sometimes I'd stay in there all day. Since I've met you and moved to Sydney, I haven't listened to one ABBA song. It's because now my life's as good as an ABBA song. It's as good as Dancing Queen. Hello and welcome to episode 183 of Pop Culturally Deprived, where each week we watch a movie I've never seen before, which is most of them, and talk about the good, the bad, and the dancing queen. This week we're going to be talking about Muriel's wedding on your, your terrible Muriel podcast. want you to do Why that again but as a, a on your terrible muriel podcast take out one of the yours <laughs> okay no you're, you're terrible muriel well it's two different yours one is your and one you is you are oh terribly um i use that expression so often as just random things like when someone does something I think naughty is probably the best best way to describe it. But it's so much fun to be like, you're terrible. You're terrible, Muriel. Brilliant. Oh, is it from this mm. movie? That's where you mm. got it? I saw this like when it came out in, what was it, 97? Something like that? 90, 94, yeah. 94. I, like, I don't think I saw it at the cinema, but I remember seeing it on video. Um, okay. It was probably 95 in the U- in the US, but you're not in the US, cool, so I have cool, no cool. idea when it came out in the UK. <laughs> and this is the film that, you know, made Tony Collette into a star. I can understand that having seen it now. She is great. Mm. It, it's quite a performance. I, she is someone who always gives a good mm-hmm. performance. She's interesting to watch, even though her range of characters isn't huge. I mean, we... So after watching United States of Tara and then I think watching this, I, I did a scroll through Letterboxd to be like, right, what films have we got access to? Let's put them all on the watch list. Let's watch loads of Tony Collette. And each of them, it's like, this is a film about a boy who's trying to do a thing and his mother tells him not to, but he does it anyway. Guess who plays the ah. mother? <laughs> on like every film, it's something like that. Or, or, or it's a Cameron Diaz is the party girl with an uptight sister. Guess who plays yep. the sister? I love that movie. <laughs> Love that movie. Okay, no, I I can I can get that, but she does what she does and very well. She's absolutely expressive. And, and yes, yeah, and and she does flip characters really mm. well. Uh, I, I will evangelize about her in a minute. The the other thing it did is obviously make P J Hogan more of a known name. He had directed some stuff, particularly in Australia, and some TV stuff. Um, but after this, he goes on to direct My Best mm-hmm. Friend's Wedding. And Peter Pan, Confessions of a Shopaholic, The Dressmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's had a pretty big profile career for an Australian director. That's fair. Okay. And I say that, and I'm instantly thinking, yeah, but there's also Bas Luhrmann. Like, we have a good, good couple, if not several, of Australian mm-hmm. directors. Hmm. I wonder. Yes. Because that was the other fun thing with this, is when you look at all of the cast... Between them, they've all been in Lord of the Rings's, Matrix's, 
and uh, you know, Great Gatsby, Moulin Rouge, Baz Luhrmann type films. I didn't actually recognize anybody except for Rachel Griffiths. The mom looked familiar, but I couldn't place her. No, exactly the same. We kept thinking we knew the mom, but I I feel like I know her from this and just I've seen it so often. It's just, that's what she looks like. Although I was very confused when it said that in, she was in a TV series called Prisoner. I was like, (laughs) she wasn't in the Prisoner. No, that it'd be really strange to have such an Australian in the prisoner. So I looked. There's a very famous Australian series called Prisoner Cell Block H, <laughs> and it is abbreviated to Prisoner, and that's what they have abbreviated it to her on her filmography. Okay, right. Okay, hey, I'm looking at her filmography really quick to see. Mm. Yeah, there was nothing that stood out, which was quite interesting. The one that I had seen in other stuff, but again, this is from watching a number of. Uh, Australian comedies and a few things is the dad, Bill Hunter, um, who actually started off in a Doctor Who movie. Um, okay. But he's been in oh, various things. He's in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Um, he's in the film Australia and others. Yeah, I've never seen any of these things that she is in, but I swear she looks familiar to me. Mm, right? Maybe she just has one of those faces. So Rachel Griffiths, I thought well, no, I didn't know her from anything, but I always have this thing of she looks so like uh, Juliette Lewis. She does, especially in this. Right? Yeah. So I keep having that, like, I, I'm sure I know her, but it turns out I don't. What do you know her from then? Uh, primarily a TV show called Brothers and Sisters. It's uh, amazing. It's got Sally Field uh, in it. It's got yeah. Joel Grey in it. It's got Rob Lowe, Calista Flocker. I mean, it's a fantastic cast. Rachel, that's where I know her from initially. Um, and then she was the principal in Step Up. Okay. If you ever saw that. Um, she's nope. done a couple other things that, that are familiar to me. But her face is just so recognizable to me, mostly from Brothers and Sisters. I had no idea she was Australian. Right. <laughs> Um, it took so, me a few minutes to place her because I thought, I was like, that really looks like Juliette Lewis, but that's not Juliette Lewis. Mm-hmm. Who is that? And then, like, there was a profile view of her, and I was like, I think I know who that is. And I looked her up, and it was her. So, Right. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, the, um, what was I going to say? When we talked about this last week, you didn't realize that Tony Glip was Australian. I did I not. no. I mean, she sounds the same, but she has such a strong accent in this. And I don't know. I've not seen many interviews with her, if any. I don't know whether she's putting it on more for this or Hmm. is just very good at downplaying it. What do you think? I would say she's probably learned how to downplay it. Okay. That would be my guess. Okay. But she did throw herself into this role, like, wholeheartedly. She Absolutely. gained 40 pounds to play Muriel. Really? She Whoa. did. Um, okay, that's interesting. So this is the film I know her from. Okay. So when I see her in other films, there was always this thing of, God, Tony Collette looks good. Ah, yeah. And, and, you know, I know I shouldn't say that just because she lost weight, but she is a good figure of a woman. Mm-hmm. But in this, she is much, much bigger. Mm-hmm. And yet... She put the weight on for this. It's not like this was her, and then when she got a bit of stardom, she became Hollywood size. Right. Well, you like. know, and I have to say, with with Tony Collette, I don't. When I think of her, I don't think of quote unquote holiday size. 
Um, Because I think the first thing I saw her in was The Sixth Sense, and she was very Mm -hmm. average Mm. sized in that, I think. Mm -hmm. Or actually probably smaller than average, but bigger than Hollywood. Okay, yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Um, So I have always – she's always been very curvy Mm. for me. Absolutely. Which is a great thing. I think she she looks wonderful in everything she does. She but looked wonderful in this. Um, after mm. they did her Sydney glow up, right? Uh, transformation, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she um, she went into this and she gained forty pounds for it. So, mm. oh, interesting. I did not know that. Which I wouldn't have guessed it was that much. And I found it interesting reading about this. They talk about. Part of the point of the character of Muriel is that she's fat and that she's so large. And I'm watching mm. it thinking she's not that large. Mm. She's really not. And, and certainly not compared with the the rest of her family. Right. And not compared to half the people we see, certainly in Poor Boy Spit. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah, she's very average sized, I think. Yes. Okay, I'm really interested to know what you thought of the film. It's a roller coaster ride of emotions. Okay. I believe that had I watched this movie five years ago, I would have absolutely loved it. Okay. I think I struggle with it a little bit right now because there was not a single character in this movie apart from Rhonda who wasn't an asshole. Okay. And Tony Collette is supposed to be the sympathetic one. We're supposed to be on her side. And mm-hmm. I just wasn't for most of the movie because I didn't like okay. her as oh. a person. Oh, really? Um, but then it made sense. Like, her, if her family is an asshole, of course, she was raised to be like them. So she's going to be an asshole too, right? Mm. But I never found that sense of empathy with her that I I should have found. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I think, like, the the grand climax of the movie really is her breakdown with Rhonda in the the wedding dress shop, which should yep. have made me feel emotionally connected to her, and it didn't. Okay. And then at the end, when she gives the ring back to David and says, I have to stop lying because otherwise I'm not going to know if I'm lying or not if I keep doing this. Mm-hmm. That should have been a wonderful moment, and for me, it wasn't quite earned. Oh, Okay. It, I needed a little bit more between her realizing her life needs to change and her life actually changing. Like, it never happens that cleanly. Okay. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I get that her mom's suicide was mm-hmm. her wake-up call. Mm-hmm. But I don't buy that she would immediately have just said... Okay, I'm going to sleep with the guy, and then, nope, we're done. Yeah. And I think that's the the analytic piece of it. Like, my brain is getting in my way of enjoying this right, movie okay, too much. Okay. Um, <laughs> because it is, it is a good movie. The acting is spectacular. The story itself is really good. I think there are other movies that have done this kind of story better. Mm. I was trying to come up with some, and... I don't think you're going to see it, but I was thinking about the movie Mean Girls. Okay. And, like, the character development of Katie and Mean Girls and Muriel in this 
mm-hmm. are on a similar trajectory. Like Katie wants to be accepted and as good as the mean girls. Like that's her goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though she starts out wanting to take them out, she becomes so invested in it that that's what she wants to be. And that's she, what Muriel she, is doing. And by the end of the movie, she figures out, oh, I'm a terrible person now and I need to not be this way. Yeah, the, the realization that in pretending to be the thing you want to be, you have become the thing you want to be. And that's not a good thing to be. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Yes. And I think Mean mm-hmm. Girls did the character development of the main character better okay. than Muriel's Wedding did. I had another one in my brain and it's gone. Okay. I want to say, I want to say my best friend's wedding was similar to this as well, but I, mm. I'm not, you haven't you seen that, quite, so. No, I haven't seen it, so I can't relate to that one, yeah. I'm afraid. But yeah, I, 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 I think that's it for me. I just think that there are movies that have done the character development better, have, have, taught the lesson better because the lesson wasn't actually taught in a way that the audience got to experience in this. We got to experience Muriel being crazy Mm -hmm. and terrible. I mean, she stole $12,000 from her family and ran away Uh with, she didn't care. She, She didn't care whatsoever what she did to her family. And you know, she walks out on her best friend. Like, I honestly thought if this, if they had done the character development better when mm-hmm. Muriel decided to answer the ad and marry the guy. David, yeah. And marry David. It would have mm-hmm. been to help Rhonda. Yeah, there is a hint that that's what it's going to be. But that's not what it was. No. Like, and you think that's what she's going to tell her after the wedding when she tells Rhonda, I don't want you to. And mm-hmm. Rhonda's like, well, I don't have a choice. And she's like, no, I don't want you to go back by bus. I bought you plane tickets. <laughs> like, that is not oh, the direction brutal. this story was taking us, right? If this is mm-hmm. really a story where she's learning to be a better person, that would have been the moment. That should have been the moment. Mm. But it wasn't. Okay. And I think that's part of why I struggle with it. The, the, I, I said this stuff on, on Twitter I don't know that I quite have the vocabulary to talk about some of this. Okay. Or, or, to, or to define what sort of film it is. Because in some ways, this is like, I think we talked about with Shaun of the Dead. It's a coming of age film. Mm-hmm. It's going through an experience and sort of realizing, right, this is the person I want to be and the things I want to pursue. And going and pursuing them and being them. Mm-hmm. We talk about coming of age films as being sort of school kids. You know, it's, it's a school college sort of thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it, it is going through rites of passage into becoming an adult. But certainly, you know, and, and I think this is the thing I talked about before, for our generation, childhood goes on longer, yes. <laughs> other generations would potentially say. Yes. And so coming of age moments might come a bit later. And so it's accepted that certainly in her, in her situation, she, it takes a, a later development to realize what she can be and what she wants to do, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, she did go from jobless to living at home with her parents to living on mm. her own with a job. And yeah. I would argue that that is a rite of passage. And I think mm-hmm. that qualifies as coming and, of and age. I I think you're right. There needs to be a better descriptor, <laughs> but I don't yeah. think it exists. 
yeah. And a, a coming of adult, I, I don't know. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, even more so than getting a job and living on your own, getting married, certainly at that age, is the rite of passage. Yeah. Th- through the, the sort of um, heteronormative stuff. Mm-hmm. You get married, you have kids, and that's what you do with your life. And, uh, you know, the film is very heavily leaning on the provincial lifestyle, small towns, not major cities, not major commerce hubs or anything like that. Right. So that is what is expected of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really interesting you talked about being empathetic with her and not being able to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're meant to be, but I think we're meant to be sympathetic the fact she is bullied by everyone mm-hmm. and her friends are so awful to her. And then her friends break up with her in a brutal, brutal yeah. way. Hey, let her finish her orgasm. And she does. She sits there and sinks, drinks. Um, yeah, yeah. Keeps eye contact the with them while she's drinking it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this is the worst. Make yeah. it stop. See, but... I was on her side at that point because mm-hmm. we didn't mm-hmm. know that she was also an asshole at that point, right? We Absolutely. didn't know that she lies about everything and mm. she was willing to steal all of her father's money and run away. Yeah. Like we we hadn't met that piece of her yet because at that point, I still wasn't sure if she had actually stolen the dress or not. Okay. Right? Okay. Like, they left it kind of open-ended, and, like, the cops let her go because her dad gave them beer, but it still could yeah. have been a misunderstanding because she was so, like, strenuously objecting, no, I didn't steal it, I bought this dress. Mm-hmm. Um, or, actually, I think she said her mom gave it to her, but, you know. But, but even, even her father doesn't believe her, so it doesn't matter at that point, I think, for her. She's been judged to be guilty, so, you know, what's she going to do? Yeah. And it's, I think that, because the whole thing is that her father is absolutely awful to everyone in the family, even whilst he has, you know, business colleagues, Mm. businessmen that he's doing things with over, and he's dressing his family down in front of them, which Mm -hmm. is just awful. It's the worst scene, and you feel for everyone. And then Deirdre comes in. Oh, what a coincidence. Um... I think that certainly for me, it makes me not mind that she he stole that, that Muriel stole all the money because he was an the asshole father, too. <laughs> father's an asshole; he deserves it. <laughs> but the mom didn't. God, well, abso- the mom's character but... was so heartbreaking. Like mm-hmm. she was hard to watch. She's the one with the story that would be interesting. Yes. Mm. Yes. I. I felt for it... her. It reminded me of Alison Janney in um, American Beauty mm. as the neighbor's wife who just sits in the kitchen staring ahead for most of the day and isn't fully there. And, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Very much so. Mm. Yeah, she was and, tough. And it's it's such a small part of it. She's not a major thing, but what you're often seeing is people reacting to her or treating her like she's not there and... Mm-hmm. Making comments at her and it's just, oh, nothing in her life goes for her. And people don't regard her as anything. As we finally see at the wedding when she arrives, she's late. He's paid for her to come on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finally gets there and Muriel doesn't even see her. Yeah, that's that's the moment when the mom broke and that broke mm. me. Like that 
just like I didn't actually cry because I wasn't invested enough in any of the characters, but like that was the saddest moment in the movie for me. Like that was even worse than like part of the memorial service for her mom was that the highlight of the mom's life was Muriel's wedding and going to it and Muriel realizing her mom did come and she didn't even know she Mm -hmm. was there. And that's what makes her run out. Like, yeah, that's really sad. But watching her mom experience it was worse. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's really, like, that's, I think, is really nice writing because they reference the, the wedding and then they, you know, during the funeral, and then they have the telegram from the former prime minister. So because she's already in that frame of mind thinking about the wedding and we are as the audience, mm-hmm. it starts you thinking like, oh, wow. Yeah, she is really like her father. Where we thought she might be like her mother mm-hmm. in being just walked on and you know not sure what to do with her life and so on actually she's almost as bad as this person that we've been taught to despise through the film mm-hmm. oh that's good I, I really like that and she you know she makes that explicit a bit later on but it really is like oh yeah you can't stay with this guy anymore you can't be with your father he's just the worst it's so good yeah. i love it mm. yeah and then i think this film's hysterical I think this is a truly very funny film. Okay. Some of it's that sort of dark humor. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're laughing at just the awkwardness and the, the the bleakness of some of what you're seeing, but just how awful her friends are to her, Ugh. and then how awful they are to each other, and, and we're seeing it because we're outsiders to this, and we're just like, oh god, this is these people are the worst. Why don't they stop? Yeah. And. And then Rhonda turns up and is a great force in her life and, you know, has the showdown with the girls and tells them what she thinks of them mm-hmm. and what's actually going on, what Muriel saw at the first girl's wedding. And then and then the relationship that you see develop between Rhonda and Muriel, that, that, it's such a short bit of the film, but the bit where they're living together and they're on the phone to each other, mm-hmm. talking to the guy who's next to Muriel and so on. Right, and watching him from across the street while they're on yeah. the phone. Yeah. Yeah, no, Muriel and Rhonda, their relationship was wonderful. And I mm. I had hoped that we would get more of that relationship and that relationship mm. would be the catalyst for Muriel's change. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted Muriel to realize that Rhonda would be there for her no matter what and to stop lying. Mm-hmm. And I thought we were going to get that when Rhonda confronted her at the the bridal shop. Mm-hmm. But Rhonda just leaves her, right? Like, yeah. Muriel yeah. finally comes clean about why she's doing all of this stuff. And Rhonda's just like, nope, I'm out. Which, yeah. you know, I, I get mm, from a fictional perspective. I, yeah, I yeah. wanted it to be different. But Rhonda was, I think Rhonda was the best part of this movie. Yeah, she's really good. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and that's why certainly for her to be the one who gets cancer and you know is, is ends up in a wheelchair, it's it's as heartbreaking as some of the other stuff. You know, the mum who seems to be a good person but just browbeaten mm-hmm. ends up killing herself and going through bad things, and you feel for her. And Rhonda's the one who's struck down in inverted commas, and it's just like, oh no, she's so full of life. Oh no, and she's in there with the two Americans. Oh no. Oh my god, that whole scene was hilarious. That that scene is probably my favorite in the movie. It is just exquisitely hilarious. Mm-hmm. And and it's 
sort of gag on gag. The way she brings the guy in, she's like, oh, I make you a cup of tea. Do you want a bicky? <laughs> like, like to take, you know, she's clearly never taken a guy back to her place before. Right. I think it's what we're taking from that. And she's like, I'll make you a cup of tea and give you a biscuit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, sexy biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> and his thing of like, no, I mean, well, maybe after? I mean, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm not turning down biscuits because biscuits, but. <laughs> and then unzipping the beanbag. Oh, he unzips the beanbag and she loses it. And you, I mean, we all know what it feels like when you're just laughing and you can't string a word together. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Because then suddenly she's got these two naked guys <laughs> leaning over her and penises <laughs> in the face. <laughs> and she can't stop laughing at that either. Yeah, no, oh, that was that wonderful. was properly hilarious. Mm. Yeah, but then that poor guy was at the wedding. Oh, that's it's a slightly strange choice on him and the film. Mm-hmm. I don't think he necessarily needs to be, Mm-mm. but is it just to give us a come on, Muriel? There's hope for a better way of doing this because there's a guy who's really into you. I don't know. Like I, all I took away from that was. Muriel Muriel was so excited about this wedding that she invited every person she's ever come into contact with. True, true. And then why he decided to come, I have no idea. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have if I were him. Because he feels like a thread the film doesn't pull on. Mm -hmm. We don't sort of see where that story goes. You know, whether she looks him up when she gets back to the city or something along those lines. Um, But But that... You know, the the wonderfulness of the relationship between her and Rhonda. And then, her, you know, the, the period of time where she does take care of Rhonda as mm-hmm. she's going through her physiotherapy and so on. Oh, yeah. I loved the bit where she tells Rhonda, you know, that she used to lock herself in a room and listen to the ABBA music mm. for hours at a time. And since she moved in with Rhonda, she hasn't listened to them a single time. Like, nice. her life is even better than Dancing Queen now that Rhonda is ah, Like, that's brilliant. such a great scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which makes the later scene where she, you know, puts Dancing Queen back into the tape player even more heartbreaking. But <laughs> it just it just goes to show that not everything in Muriel's life was a lie. Mm-hmm. Like her relationship with Rhonda, while built on lies, was not entirely a lie. Like they genuinely no. cared for each other. Yeah. And Muriel was genuinely there for her. You know, she helped her change clothes she cooked for her she got her in and out of her chair you know those aren't things that you do for Mm. people you don't care for no and it it makes it so believable that when she goes at the end when Rhonda knows everything and she's still like i still want to be with you and i'll tell you what it suddenly occurred to me it's the happily ever after that you love in a film Mm -hmm. two people come together have a falling out go through some conflict and something happens at the end that makes them end up together in a beautiful, blissful, romantic way. Yes. Except it's two friends, mm-hmm. which is lovely. There's nothing that says that a, a rom-com can't be about two friends. Mm. Is mm. There? I mean, it's platonic, not romantic. So is it a plot-com? <laughs> <laughs> so, but is it... I mean, if we frame it in those terms, is it a romantic film? And Muriel's wedding is about she doesn't need to be married because she's found the person she wants to be with who makes her life better. And it doesn't have to be 
about the heteronormative lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I know they're not a couple, but at the same time, she doesn't need a man. She doesn't need a marriage and kids right. and so on to, to be happy. Right. Hmm. What? So, I'm going to use your question to pivot on the title of the movie. Pivot! This is a terrible title for this movie. Pivot! Okay, Ross. (laughs) Muriel's Wedding is a terrible title for this movie because this movie is not about a wedding. No, the wedding is not the crux of it, yeah. Well, it's not even Mm. really about Muriel's desire to be married. Mm. Like, that's not what this movie is about. That's a tiny, tiny piece of what's happening here. And so, it bugs me. Yeah, I agree. I think it's not a good title. I don't know what a good title is. I don't either, because I'm not good at titling things or writing <laughs> things. I mean, I mean, the tagline is, she's not just getting married, she's getting even. Well, that doesn't make uh, sense either. Oh, that's interesting, because I think it is a really good tagline, and I wonder if the tagline came first. Because um, it is about her proving to all the girls at home that she wants to be part of. I, I mean, that's almost not played up enough. The family stuff is played up really heavily. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is these girls, these girls that she wants to be like, the popular girls from high school. She wants to be as good as they are. I, exactly. And the film is about her proving it, and she proves it by a fake marriage Yeah. to a guy she has just met. Mm-hmm. Mm. So is, is it not necessarily that that's wrong, it's that the film focuses on the family stuff, and the family stuff is... Not necessarily as core to the story, but you get these great performances, certainly from the father and the mother and the the other, you know, the siblings are an interesting pack. Like, again, there's some stories there. There's some stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, at its heart, this movie is about Muriel. Mm. Okay, actually, it's not about that. What this movie should have been about Let's do that. This movie should have been about Muriel learning who she is and how to love herself for herself. Mm-hmm. That's what the movie should have been about. That's not what the movie was okay. about. No. I don't actually know what the movie was about. Because she didn't learn to love herself. She learned that she needs to stop lying. Mm-hmm. And that life is better with Rhonda. That she doesn't need to be better than these other girls. Yeah. I I still think it's a coming of age. She learns what sort of person she wants to be. I think she learned what sort of person she doesn't want to be. Okay. Not who she does want to be. And I think that's, that's, fair. that's a fair, small but... but distinct difference. But as you say, very akin to something like Mean Girls? Yes. Mm-hmm. I read that somebody compared it to Booksmart, but I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, I can see part of the story of Booksmart making it, but Booksmart is a, I mean, it is a coming of age school, but it's a sort of quasi gross out sex comedy type. Mm, okay. It, it It's super bad, but with women. I mean, it's not. There's other stuff to it. I know there's other stuff to it, <laughs> but at the same time, it's super bad with women. Okay. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. I... I don't know what I would call it. I Muriel lies. <laughs> I just call it good. I love this film. I think it's great. I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
is there anything else you want to call out that we want to talk about as being like we loved it in this film reasons to watch it why would you recommend someone watch this film i mean tony collette is just delightful she's reason Mm -hmm. enough honestly and the moment that she becomes the moment when we see genuine happiness from her Mm -hmm. is when she meets Rhonda and they do the choreographed dance to waterloo absolutely that dance is amazing the the whole scene is just so good in so many ways. Like you can watch it over and over again and get more stuff from it. Mm-hmm. It's so so good. It is. It is really good. I I think that's my favorite scene in the movie. Right. Okay. What What about it? Did you like the most? What? Why that one? Because I think there are a couple different reasons. One, mm-hmm. just watching Tony Collette be happy is delightful. Okay. <laughs> and two, it's the beginning of that found family that I love, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, Rhonda becomes the friend that Muriel needs. Mm. And she is unapologetically herself. And we see her very quickly beginning to rub off on Muriel. Yeah. And I think that's why I like it so much. Because she lets Muriel be Muriel and she accepts Muriel for who she is. And we get to mm-hmm. just see them being happy. It's so good. It is. It is. It's so good. I, I think the thing I love in Tony Collette's performance there, like Rhonda does a really good performance as this outgoing, bullshy, confident girl who's having a great time. Mm-hmm. That's quite easy to do as as an actor. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite an easy thing to be like, right, I'm going to go out there and be larger than life. Tony Collette is doing, I'm really nervous. I'm not sure about being here and doing this. But I'm still doing it. So she's still doing this choreographed dance in the wig, in the outfit, Mm -hmm. next to Rhonda. But you can see in her expressions, like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Oh, I'm checking what I'm doing. Oh, people are looking at me. Oh, I'm not sure. And then as the dance goes on, she gets a bigger and bigger smile. Then you Mm -hmm. get to the bit where they're flipping their heads side to side. Oh, I loved it. And doing doing the ABBA thing. Yeah. (laughs) And suddenly she's she's into it. This is the most happy she has ever been. And and you're exactly right. You can see it writ on her face, just mm-hmm. how happy she is. Yeah. And it's delightful. Mm. Yeah. It's great. It's it's I think watching this movie is worth it for that scene. And just to watch Tony Collette. Yeah. But then you also have the other girls in the scene. And the girl and with the black me, eye and Yeah, it might be the thing I remember from this film the most. Really? Is is the bit where so they've already had a fight where she, it uh, they find out the one who just got married, her new husband on their wedding day slept with one of the other girls, one of the bridesmaids, just to fill everyone in. If you can't remember, I haven't seen it. So they, they've had a fight earlier, and exactly as you say, you see them one with a black eye, and I think she's got a cast or something, you know, this kind of thing. And they're looking so grumpy and so unhappy as Rhonda and, and Muriel are dancing really vigorously towards them like showing you know we're happy you're not ha 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 sort of thing (laughs) yeah and the two girls who had a fight you get a shot of each of them looking at each other (laughs) the one who slept with the girl's husband on her wedding day just raises her eyebrows like you want to go again (laughs) and she launches over the table and starts the fight again she does it's just that look is so like what the f are you looking at Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they go at it. And Rhonda and, and 
Muriel keep dancing really close to them, over the top of them, and having this great time as like everyone pay attention to us, no one no one pay attention to them because we're the cool ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It elevates it so much. <laughs> so right, I'm I'm quite pleased we've gone this far without mentioning Mamma Mia. My notes mentioned Mamma Mia, I believe. But okay. I, I'm trying not to because I mean Muriel's wedding came first. Muriel's right? wedding came first. This movie yep. came first and it's it's not a musical, it's just a movie that is backed by an ABBA soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of other stuff, but you remember ABBA from this. ABBA is such an important part of it. It's a huge part, mm. but it's not It's not telling the story through Mamma Mia. Or, no. sorry, through ABBA songs mm-hmm. like Mamma Mia does. So mm. it's it's great. It's different, but it's similar. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But it did come first, and so I'm... Just, it did. I think... If I had seen Muriel's Wedding before I had seen Mamma Mia, I probably would have compared the two. Okay. When I saw Mamma Mia. Mm. But, you know, it, it stands alone. Nice. It's fine. I think this is another one that might bear a rewatch at some point. Like, would be worth you revisiting in a couple of years and being like, oh, yeah, let's see what, what I think of that film now. And Okay. You know, when you know what steps the story is going to go through and seeing mm-hmm. sort of oh, wow, yeah, this character is treated in that way or doing that thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot to it, surprisingly, for what feels like a sort of early effort from a you know writer-director. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It It's a little hard to watch because, God, Muriel is a hot mess. Her whole family is a hot, hot mess. Mm-hmm. But it's still a little bit entertaining. It's lovely. It's it's a great <laughs> film. It's I, I think it's eminently watchable. So I'm, I'm pleased you were okay with watching it. I was okay with watching it. Yep. <laughs> yes. Nice. Am I right in thinking we're staying in Australia next week? I don't know enough about the movie we're doing next week to know. So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm going to say yes. Yes, Matthew. We are. <laughs> what are we talking about next week? <laughs> we are going to do Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. This Mad is... Max is a very famous Australian franchise. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um... Did you think that's why I picked it? <laughs> no, okay. I just it just occurred to me there's there's a link there. I mean, the, the whole, wholly, wholly different film. But why why did you pick it? Why is this one shot off the list this week? Because it's one I knew I wanted to do. I've wanted to watch it for a while. Okay. And... We've had a string of more lighthearted movies, lighthearted movies with a dark side. If you look fair, at it, you know, a life less ordinary and Muriel's Wedding are not that dissimilar yeah, yeah. in tone. <laughs> and I just kind of wanted to, hey, let's use your favorite word, pivot, pivot to pivot. something different. <laughs> pivot, pivot. <laughs> so that's why. Like, I know it's one that I know that I've wanted to see for a while. And you have assured me it's standalone. I don't need to have watched the original ones. Yep. So let's do it. Like, there is a reference to stuff from the original ones. But this is very much a just enjoy this film. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I would would like to do that. I'm going to say that now so that when you do get a bit of like, wait, they're referencing a thing we haven't seen. Hopefully you'll still trust me as like, just enjoy this film. Okay. I know you're completionist. I know you like to know every bit of law mm-hmm. and every bit of detail you can. You're not going to. 
All right. Just enjoy this film. Good, 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 okay. good. Yes. Right. So what do we want to hear from you? Oh, Lord. I, I'm torn between, you know, something about ABBA and something about best Tony Collette performance. Best Tony Collette performance that is not a mother or a sister. Um, Do they exist? Well, exactly. No, I, I think Tony Collette performances. I love Tony Collette. I think she's great fun. I think people should tell us, are there other films of hers that we should find and check out? I've added loads to my watch list recently. All sort of random little ones. One... Mm. Um, an adaptation of a Nick Hornby book that I don't think I even knew had been adapted to a film. Okay. So I'm I'm not expecting good things, <laughs> to be honest, because if I'd known it would have been adapted, it would have been worth talking about. But if you like Tony Collette, if you've seen Tony Collette film series, something that you think we should watch, recommend it to us. And Mandy's going to tell you how to do that. If you would like to tell us about your favorite Tony Collette performance, you can do that on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Eloquent Gushing, or you can send an email to podcast at eloquentgushing.com, or you can find me directly on Twitter at Mandy K. Or you can find me directly on Twitter. I'm at Matthew Vose. Pop Culture Deprived is completely funded by our listeners like you through Patreon. We love our Patreon list patron listeners who support us and anything you can give even one dollar a month it helps to support the network it helps us developing shows and releasing this content that you love and adore plus you get access to bonus content exclusive content you get physical merch sent out to you and you get our undying love and access to our discord server where we can get together and chat about exciting things so if you want to find out more you can go to patreon.com slash eloquent gushing And we will be back next week with another episode. And until then, I am Mandy Kay. And you can't come in here and threaten brides. I don't care how unfortunate you are. (laughs) Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at eloquentgushing. Are you a bride if it's not your wedding day? Discuss.